0: Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our scripture today comes from the first book of Samuel, chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, Now the Lord came and stood there calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli, that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli, but Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, here I am. Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, It is the Lord. Tell him, do what seems good to him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord.
1: Let us pray. Gracious and Holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds, that we might truly listen and receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it, and then help us to respond with faithfulness and obedience. For we pray this in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, the Word made flesh. Amen. Things were looking pretty dire for the people of Israel. There was little to no real leadership taking place among the people, for everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. Rather than worshiping and serving the Lord, their God, who had brought them out of Egypt and into the promised land, the people were all worshiping other gods and they were living however they pleased. Even among the clergy, things were pretty disastrous. Now, at the time, Eli was the high priest in Israel, serving at the tabernacle in Shiloh, where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. Eli had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, who were also supposed to be ministers of the Lord to the people, leading them into a right relationship with God. Unfortunately, while Eli's sons had been raised in the privilege of the priesthood, they had not been taught the responsibilities that go with it or even a reverence for the Lord. And so they became corrupt using their position and their power only to satisfy their own desires. They would take for themselves the best parts of the sacrifices that people brought to offer to the Lord, and they would lay with the women who served at the entrance of the tabernacle. In other words, they were stealing from the offering plate and sleeping with the church secretaries. And their father, Eli... Knew what was going on, but he didn't do anything to stop it because he wanted to please his sons more than he wanted to please God. You should always be very wary of any leader who's less concerned about pleasing the Lord than any other person, whether that be their constituents or their congregants, or their own egos. So it should come as no surprise when the text tells us that the word of the Lord was rare in those days, that visions were not widespread. And after all, Eli was growing very old and his eyesight was beginning to fail. But clearly it wasn't just Eli's physical eyesight that was failing, but his spiritual sight as well. So, of course, there weren't many visions in Israel. Their prophet was blind. But Eli's blindness is really just a metaphor for the people of Israel as a whole. They had become blind to God's presence in their midst, no longer seeking to live faithfully according to God's word, no longer even listening for God's voice. And this was epitomized. By the sons of Eli who were living however they pleased in doing what was right in their own eyes. But God had been paying attention. And he was about to give Eli and his sons a big wake-up call that would turn Israel upside down. But first, God needed to get the attention of somebody who was listening. Now in Israel at the time, there was a woman named Hannah who had no children because she was barren. But she had promised the Lord that if he gave her a son, then she would give that son back to God forever. Well, the Lord answered her prayer and she gave birth to a boy named Samuel. And after Samuel was weaned, she took him back to Shiloh and left him there with the priest Eli. And every year when Hannah and her husband would come back to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice for the Lord, she would bring a new robe that she had made for Samuel to wear. And the text tells us that the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Well, one night... After Eli had gone to bed in his room, Samuel was lying there in the tabernacle beside the Ark of the Covenant. And the Lord called out to him saying, Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel immediately got up and ran into Eli's room and said, here I am for you called me. Eli said, "Ah, son, you're just hearing things. Go back to bed. So Samuel returned to his bed, but then this happened again a second time and then again a third time. And finally, because the lamp of the Lord had not yet completely gone out for Eli and he could still see just a flicker of divine light. Eli realizes that it is the Lord who is speaking to Samuel. So Eli instructs Samuel on how he should respond the next time The Lord calls. So Samuel goes back to his bed. And when the Lord calls out to him, Samuel replies, speak for your servant is listening. Well, God then goes on to give Samuel some less than welcome news. that God was about to make some changes in Israel that would make both ears of anyone who heard it tingle. Because of the blasphemy of Eli's sons and Eli's refusal to act, God was now going to act in judgment and he would bring an end to the priestly house of Eli. But God was raising up a new prophet who would be faithful and obedient to the Lord. So Samuel just lay there in his bed throughout the night. Terrified to tell Eli what God had said, it must have been a very long night. Has anyone here ever had a night like that? When you were just so anxious about something that you lay there in bed, unable to sleep, dreading the moment when the light from the morning sun would come creeping unwelcome into your room, signaling the start of the new day. Sometimes we just prefer to stay in the dark. Well, when morning did finally come, Eli called Samuel to come into him. And he responded once again with, here I am. Eli then commanded Samuel to tell him everything that God had spoken to him. And Samuel went on to deliver the divine verdict against Eli and his sons. And though it must have been incredibly hard to hear that news. In an extraordinary moment of humility and obedience and surrender. Eli says. It is the Lord. Let him do what seems Good to him. In other words, not my will, but the Lord's will be done. Finally, Eli demonstrates what godly leadership is all about. The truth is, just as with Eli, God is calling each of us to recognize things in our own lives that are out of whack. That are not faithful to God's will for our lives or that prevent us responding faithfully to God's call on our lives. Maybe it's a relationship in your life that's not quite right or, or one that interferes with your commitment to Christ. Maybe it's a, a habit or a behavior that is not appropriate for followers of Jesus. Maybe it's an attitude you have or a grudge that you still hold against some other person. I wonder, what is it in your life that God is calling you to recognize and change? It's never easy for us to admit that there are holy changes that we need to make in our lives. Perhaps because we're afraid of what those changes might mean for us. You know, what... What might God be asking us to do? Where might God be asking us to go? What might God be asking us to let go of? So rather than find out, we usually just keep the music up really loud, so to speak. You know, turned all the way up to 11. So that we do not hear the Lord calling to us. And that's so easy to do in our culture, isn't it? With all the blinding visions and deafening voices demanding our attention and our loyalty. I mean, from the the TV commercials to social media to the political pundits to the magazines and the billboards and the cell phones and the internet. We are constantly being bombarded with information and propaganda. Propaganda trying to claim our attention and our devotion. Never mind all the people in our lives with all of their demands for our time and attention, our bosses and our friends and our neighbors and our children and our parents and our spouses. It's a wonder any of us is able to hear a voice of the Lord. But the good news that the Bible has for us is that we have a loquacious God who is always speaking to his people, calling us by name. The bad news is that we're not very good at listening because listening requires that we slow down and pay attention that we shut off the seductive cacophony of voices. That are slowly dulling our spiritual senses. But this takes effort on our part because it doesn't happen on its own. Now, we have to create space in our lives if we're going to hear the voice of the Lord. That's one of the reasons we come to worship every week, because here we are creating space to hear the word of the Lord. It's one of the reasons we keep urging you to spend time every morning in daily devotions and prayer and scripture. You're creating space in your day to hear what God is saying to you. It's one of the reasons we go on mission trips to places like the Dominican Republic, because it is very quiet there. And there is a lot of space to hear the voice of the Lord. But listening alone is not enough if we do not act on what we have been told, if we do not respond in faithfulness and obedience. Remember, Eli knew what his sons were doing, but he just refused to do anything about it. And remember also what Jesus said. Anyone who hears my words and acts on them will be like someone who built their house on solid rock that will stand in all the storms of life. But everyone who hears my words and does not act on them will be like someone who built their house on sinking sand and great will be the destruction of that house. We must not only learn to listen for the voice of God, but we must have the courage to act on it. And I believe that God is speaking to each one of you, calling you to respond to Him in faithfulness and obedience. And I don't know what it is that God might be saying to you, but I suspect. That if you took some time and created some space to listen in the quietness of your soul, perhaps in the still of the night, you might hear a word from the Lord. You know, maybe, maybe God is calling you to change your career or to become a prayer warrior for our church or, or for certain people in your life. Maybe God is calling you to develop a friendship with a lonely widow or or to pick up the phone and restore a broken relationship or to make some much needed holy changes in your life. Maybe God is calling you to serve some meals at the Center for Hope or to volunteer to help out with Day on the Lawn this year or, or to make a generous financial gift to the mission of Jesus Christ in and through this church. Maybe God is calling you to go on a mission trip. Or maybe, maybe God's calling you to open up a really good restaurant in the village. Thai food would be great. <laughs> Stir fries, good too. Seafood, really, I'm not that picky. Or maybe God is calling you to be more concerned about pleasing God than anyone else in your life. And to always do the right thing, even when it's hard, even when it costs you something. And maybe God is calling you to to serve in our own church in a new way as an usher, helping to greet everyone who comes into our church home, as a member of a committee, helping us to carry out the mission of Jesus Christ in this church, as a Sunday school teacher or a, a youth volunteer. So that like Samuel, all of the children of this church will grow up knowing the voice of the Lord. Some of you have been called by God to serve in a leadership role in our church as an elder or a deacon. And today we celebrate that you have responded to that calling with, here I am, Lord. And as leaders in our church, there is nothing that our elders and deacons could do that would be more important than to cultivate a listening ear for the voice of God. But again, it doesn't happen on its own. It takes commitment and dedication. And what we desperately need are women and men who are willing to take the time and create the space to listen for the voice of the savior so that we can become the kind of church that says, speak Lord for your servants are listening and then have the courage to act. The Lord of all heaven and earth is still speaking to his people. Dying to get our attention question is is anybody listening